0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Monday Morning Cash Up. It is January 30th, 2024. I am your host, Kyle Stolick. I am the head of community here at Robot Cash, the first platform that lets you buy, sell, and earn digital video games. I'm just proud that I didn't slip up on that. Look at that. It's almost like I have developed a spiel. I'm getting not bad at this hosting thing. Hopefully... Maybe I won't stress out about it. Yes, I do stress out for some reason. I have to kick my wife out of our place because I just become someone else when we go through this every week, and uh, she sees me. I don't. She sees me as a obviously ruggedly handsome and manly man, and she doesn't need to see the podcast host me. Right? Who is? Also ruggedly handsome and charming. <laughs> oh man, it's it's a uh, it's been a wild ride this year so far. There's been uh, thousands of layoffs in the gaming industry. Uh, there are some toxic elements to a community surrounding a new DC game that I've been noticing. Um, and I just heard today that the whole eSports division of Activision was laid off. I haven't confirmed yet, but I heard it. Hug a game developer if you can. This is this is really weird. And um, I know we said it was going to be a, po- a happy podcast and everything. I'm trying to add some levity with the self-reflection and making fun of my lack of manliness. So don't think at all I am trying to prop myself up because I am anything but. Okay. Glad we got that out of the way. I'm I'm excited today because uh, there's I can't I don't think I can say what's happening on the back end for this one thing, but partnerships are, are cool. That's all I'll say. Um, and once the ink is dry and certain things happen, hopefully I can talk to you more about it. But when we're all coming together as a company and looking towards the future and doing some things, yeah, it's, it's a it's nice. I feel very lucky i feel very um passionate about what we're doing uh you know i say every week thank you so much for supporting us and being a part of the community so got that out of the way but things are things are looking to be pretty interesting right now okay so the reason why you come right you don't care about robot cash this is you clearly maintain listenership because this is the best podcast to give you the latest news in the gaming industry with just a smidge a smidge of opinion right it's like uh, it's, it's it's the spice for white people this would be the spice equivalent of, of salt right like we don't we don't go we don't dare to hit Tapatio salt and pepper as much as we go so I'm like salt when it comes to spices I think is what I'm trying to say <laughs> okay so let's go into some things um, we talked about layoffs a little bit um, but Should we... Is the word hero overused? Do we throw it out too much? Because this... I think, you know what? Given the circumstances, we're going to call this guy a hero. So, the headline says, Blizzard dev uses company perk to get a decade of wow time before being laid off. Um one former blizzard employee won't have to pay to play world of warcraft until 2023 it says as spotted by pc gamer on january 25th the same day the layoffs at blizzard happened former product lead adam holisky tweeted that he once realized what was happening and that he was one of the nearly 2,000 people losing their jobs that day he made sure to quote jump into keyring and use all the one-year prepaid world of warcraft subscription codes he had yet to activate he then scared, uh, shared a screenshot that shows he doesn't have to pay for his World of Warcraft subscription until October fourteenth, twenty twenty thirty-three. That's one hell of a parting gift, and beats the watch or pizza party, that's for sure. Yep, good job, man. Uh, I don't think I don't think Microsoft is going to notice in their bottom line that this was deeply affected. So, and I don't think they changed that. It'd be really scummy for people to go in and be like, "Nope, we can't have good things in twenty twenty four deleted," right? Just let him have it. So that's cool. Uh, Have any of you done something similar? If you know that the the shoe is going to drop, that you're about to leave, have you ever done something like that? Have you walked out with extra pens and pencils from the supply cabinet? Have you stolen the boss's car and said, I don't know where it is, and then drove it off a bridge? And you made sure there was no fingerprints or no cameras? I haven't done that. I'm just asking you if you have. Um, I'm trying to get a lot of the bad news out of the way first. Uh, this one. I'm not going to say much about this because I, I can get deeply emotional about it. But it says, new Deus Ex game reportedly cancelled by that gaming company. And uh, Embracer Group has cancelled in development um, Deus Ex at Eidos Montreal. So, yeah, that's that one's heartbreaking. I, uh, I got my start on the dev side working at idos montreal and launching deus Ex, um and uh, the wonderful people over there we've um interviewed a few people in this podcast before that uh were ex idos montreal just tragic uh they also made the guardians of the galaxy game which is fantastic as well so lots of people affected uh i think we need deus Ex as a series, to be at the forefront right now, it always held a mirror up to us in very particular ways. If you go down the rabbit hole of things it actually predicted, it's pretty extensive. Um, And uh, the people that worked on it, too, were very much invested in that mission and invested in building that clear mirror with some, you know, storytelling devices there to make you wonder. Like, for example, there was, you know, they talked about human augmentation and the normal humans versus the augs they talked about uh an ai news character that actually people people didn't know it was ai so yeah there's just there's just so much to that brand and that studio i'm just heartbroken right now um and then there's uh okay some good news (laughs) i love this one chinese grandpa becomes world's oldest video game vlogger an 88 year old gamer from China, earned a Guinness World Record as the oldest video game content creator on the platform. Billy Billy? Is that how you say it? Um, It says that uh, Yang was awarded awarded the Guinness World Record for being the oldest video game content creator. Um, It was celebrated all over on social media. Uh, It says he encourages young fans to make a schedule that ensures they do not overindulge in gaming, which is really interesting to see because China's really been on that horse lately, or on that God, my metaphors are everywhere. They've really been on the ball about that lately. Is uh, curbing addictions, and some might say that some of their methods are a bit more extreme than others. Who knows? Um, but I think it's, uh, I think it's interesting that he said that too. Keep playing games. Um, apparently, there's one video of him playing Hitman that went viral. I'll have to check that out. Okay. Uh, I, okay. Here's some. Um, this isn't news per se, but I think. I think there's so much in gaming these days where we don't talk about positive game journalists or positive articles or really insightful takes from capable journalists. And I have no idea who this person is for Digital Trends. Their name is Giovanni Colantonio. I'm going to have to reach out to this person and talk about this a little bit more. Um, But I really enjoy this article, right? It's called... uh, I have a problem but it took seeing myself in a video game to face it and a long story short it's about um how they this person has to uh, review the game uh, like a dragon infinite wealth and if you play it that's a sequel to the previous like a dragon game starring Ichiban Kasuga I'm a big fan of it I've been playing it myself Um, but there's without going into too much spoilers uh, there's a moment where the main character he's working at like an HR facility and he's helping uh, ex-Yakuza find jobs and then he is really working very, very hard and he's laid off. And so the article goes into about the poignancy of that, how it made him reflect on his own uh, kind of workaholic tendencies and then it goes into the oncoming death of a character um, and it goes into... uh, Another side story, characters, terminal and illness. And I don't want to say anything, but um, very good. Uh, and they said, uh, there's a good line in here about this article. That RPG tells a thematically rich story about an unlikely hero finding his confidence amid a quest to take on Jap- Japan's criminal underworld. And that's what it's all about. And uh, I showed my my wife, I say girlfriend. We've been together a long time, uh, 11 years now, married a few. But it was nice to see this. Um, uh, this game come out and I showed her a little bit about uh, the story in here and just like dating situations, and she thought it was really well written. She doesn't often play these types of games, so there's a bigger aspect. What I'm trying to say here, people, is that it's nice to see games that tackle bigger concepts, and it's nice to see writers that acknowledge that. So Giovanni, um, is that how I say your name, Giovanni? Yeah, uh, nicely done, nicely done. Maybe I'll get you on the podcast and we can dive into that one a little bit more. Uh, okay, so here's another one from Reuters. Video game market recovery to pick up Steam in 2024 on strong console sales. And I'll just read you a bit of it here. Uh, it, you already probably know where this is going based on the headline, but you know, data to back it up is like, you can be at a bar or trivia and they can say, uh, how much did the gaming industry uh, rise year over year? And they would be like, oh, I heard on Kyle's podcast, uh, Heart of Cash, the gaming news one. That's how it did. And you can tell everyone at your trivia table. That's why I know all these things about the gaming industry, because I listened to this Heart of Cash podcast. You should listen to it too. Here, let me recommend it and send you a link to it. Anyway, it says uh, January 23rd, uh, a recovery... This is, Yeah, a, few, a week old, Okay. A recovery in the global video game market is expected to pick up pace this year on the back of strong sales of Microsoft's Xbox and Sony's PlayStation 5 consoles, according to research firm Nuzu. Like, okay, if any of you know anything about the esports industry, there's lots of figures touted by Nuzu as to where it was going to be in 2030. Some predictions were not made well. And it's, the industry is not what NewZoo predicted it would be. But you know what? We'll put that aside right now and we'll go into this a little bit more. It says the market is set to grow 2.8% to $189.3 billion in 2024 after it rose around 0.6% last year and, and and ended, can't say that, a post-COVID decline that had led to layoffs at several video game firms. After two years of pandemic fuel growth, the gaming market fell 4.3% in 2022 according to an earlier Newzoo report, as gamers grappled with high interest rates, stubborn inflation, and a lack of big titles. The recovery in 2023 was driven by the release of several big titles, including Star Wars Jedi Survivor, FC 2024, and Hogwarts Legacy. Even though this year's release catalog is expected to be less impressive than 2023's absolutely packed schedule of much-anticipated hits, live-service games and back-catalog sales will drive growth in console sales in 2024. The prediction mirrors the view at Sony, which expects to sell 25 million units of its of PlayStation 5 in the 12 months ending March, thanks to a new, slimmer version of the device." Um, yeah, it goes into talk about like live service games driving tons of revenue. Uh, we know that Pow World has sold, what, 9 million copies at this point, 10 million copies, and it's still rising. <coughs> so, a lot of interesting data that's coming out of the gaming industry. And it's nice to see the ebb and flow. So, hopefully, these numbers still chart up and hopefully more people have more money to spend on video games, right? Uh, I saw a report that... Excuse me here. I woke up with a another sore throat and after being sick for two weeks, I just... I can't do this again, man. I can't. I can't do this again. It sucks. All right. So if you hear me coughing, mark it down. Mark it down your calendar. One week from today, what will Kyle be? Will he? Will he be worse, or will he be better than this? I don't know. Anyway, what was I saying? But the uh, it's it's nice to see the industry uh, recovering after some layoffs. Hopefully that we look to this year, and that people have more money to spend on the games that they want to play uh, and <laughs> have to spend less money on um, groceries and essentials. I did see a report, like I was saying, that uh, the prices of of expensive goods, like TVs and sofas and things like that, are down, while prices for small things, and I think uh, our president uh, made a reference to Snickers bars and how those prices are going up. So it's a really bizarre inflation, greedflation, call it what you will um, but it's it's happening and so, yeah, I just want I just want everybody to have all the money to spend on all the games that they want because there is so many beautiful creators doing wonderful things every single day in this gaming industry and wouldn't it be lovely if we could just all play games all day, every day and still be uh, constructive uh, contributing members of society how can we make that happen Influencer, pro gamer—I don't know. It's not for everybody, though, right? Okay, so I thought this was a funny article. Uh, this one's from Digital Trends as well, from John Martindale. Uh, great, great article, man. Uh, <laughs> it says, "I use Chat GPT to help me make my first game. Don't make the same mistakes I did." Uh, it says, um. Alongside writing articles about chat BT, GPT, coming to terms with AI chatbot has been a major mission of mine for the past year. I found it useful for coming up with recipe ideas from a list of ingredients, writing fun alternate history ideas, and answering board game rules clarifications. But I wanted to see if I, if it could do something more impressive. Teach me how to make a game. And it goes into it and says, like, basically, uh, not really. Um, here, what? Uh, I'll just read you some snippets from it. It says, Most good advice I've read from experienced developers was to just make another tutorial game, and then another, and then another, and keep going until I was versed in the engine enough to understand it, and only then I could tackle my own game. That's not uh, dissimilar to how uh, I tackle a fighting game. I'm playing a lot of Tekken right now, and I don't jump into ranked or a lot of matches until I feel like all the movements of the character are secondary nature to me. And I... I imagine the approach is the same thing. If you understand how the basic functions work of programming, I'm not a programmer, I'm just assuming here, you can interpret it as you go along better, right? It says, um, but I'm not a noob, a complete noob operating by myself, am I? I have a relative programming expert at my right hand whenever a question, or if you need a code snippet example to copy and paste, I chat GPT, I can skip that and go right to making my own game, or so I thought, and then this one... uh, section of this thing is called It's All Good Until It Isn't. And it says, I got off to a flag start with ChatGPT to walk me through what I needed to do, give me code examples when I was stuck or make suggestions about how I could do things differently. I made swift progress. Within a few hours, I had a bare bones prototype of the game. So I asked ChatGPT how I could expand the game to make it bigger, longer, more fun. It turned out that the prototype I had made was completely bespoke with zero capability for expansion without retooling everything. But that's okay. That's why it's a prototype, right? So we start again. And this time I make a custom GPT. That's more forthcoming with what I need and knows what I'm working on. I made one that had knowledge of all my in-game objects and scripts, some of their code snippets, variable names, the works, and we started again from the ground up, this time using arrays and structs, which is compartmentalized modular code that calls to scripts and dynamically destroys instances I no longer need, and so on. But if I'm honest, I don't really know what most of that means. And on one particular night, I was tired, but really wanted to get this bit finished before I had to take a couple days away from it for life and kids and everything else. So I took a shortcut, letting chat GPT actually write me the code I needed. To to my delight, I plugged it in, and it worked. Great, good night. Unfortunately, what started as a one-off. One-off became a habit all too quickly. I began using variable names of chat. GPT had come up with having it comment on the code to help me come back to it later. I was learning lots about how to make a game and starting to find moving around the engine easier. The second prototype was coming together, but then I hit a stumbling block. And you can read the rest in there for that, but really uh, interesting perspective. And I think um, as we move along in this industry... There's, there's no denying that A- AI is going to have an evolve, uh, it's going to evolve and we're going to find it maybe easier to make some games. Hopefully we do it all ethically, but, uh, this is one of those stories that we're going to look back in 10 years and be like, we were monkeys, uh, rubbing sticks together, trying to make fire. So really well done article, digital trends. I'm really enjoying the reporting lately. Okay. Uh. I'm not going to go into it, but uh, one from Engadget showed a video of Doom running on gut bacteria. And I think it was like one one frame every 70 70 minutes or something like that. But it still ran, technically. So, fascinating. Uh, That meme will never die. Uh... There's another one uh, article from ABC News that said gamers turning to public domain to find the next big trend small game developers are turning to the public domain a set of laws that designate when movies artwork music and books become free to use. so as we know Steamboat Willy became in the uh, uh, Creative Commons I guess was it was a Creative Commons or something else um, but yeah so people are already putting that into games um, where was it there was this quote I didn't I didn't grab it. um this is dead air dead air right here uh i like this it says we um we do expect a lot of games using mickey mouse but sometimes we're surprised he says we expect to get almost all games using winnie the pooh when he entered the public domain but there were fewer than we thought already mickey has appeared in one of the game jam submissions but there's also more obscure works like author tycoon a game where players are tasked with selling books and short stories from 1928 there's also quote in old arizona a tabletop game based on a movie from that year Um, and this is what I uh, this is why I want to share this because this is my point of view as well it says quote we all love that when someone finds an obscure really out there work uh, end quote uh, says Beden quote you can go to the internet archive or somewhere like that and search for works published in 1928 and find like scientific studies and municipal journals of sewage design and you never know one of those might yield some really interesting diagram or some really interesting something that you can use to make a game um in fact, Lubin says they even have a category uh, dedicated to the super obscure. So this is for like a game jam and stuff like that. but uh, I love that. I, I I'm astounded by the creativity that comes out in this industry every single day. Um I tell friends, if you're ever finding it hard to go on, and this is gonna get really serious for a second, if you're really having a bad day and wondering why you should get out of bed, remember, there are people creating beautiful, wonderful things every day. And, it, and whether it's a song, a poem, a movie, a game, a TV show, just even an interview with something, it has the power to change your entire perspective and make you feel differently each day. And so with that in mind, make sure what you are putting out there inspires that if you can. Minimize toxicity, be a part of the change, be a part of a better world. Um, make a game, make a song, write a poem. doesn't have to be good. Just make something and put it out there and keep doing that and think good things will happen. I guarantee it. Okay. Enough of the cheesy. All right, Kyle. Shut up. Shut up. No one cares about your positivity. Quiet. And then, um, here's, here's, a, here's a tricky one I want to go into. I want to leave you with a thought-provoking article. It says, Drawing on video games, educators land on unlikely idea, playful assessment. Um, There's lots of books on play and how play is integral to us, uh, our development um, at every level, especially childhood. You can research that. You can go into it a bit more. Um, Anyway, I'm going to read a bit of this article. This is from the 74million.org. I don't know about this site. I just thought this was an interesting article. This is by Greg Tapo. Anyone who has played video games know that they do one thing well, keep score. At any given moment, players know what level they're on, how many points or kills or badges they've earned, and how far they must go to win. Oh, and they're fun. Uh, that sophistication, a bit of fun may soon be coming to school assessments. Educators and developers are increasingly looking to the digital world of games and simulations to make tests more stealthy, playful, and they hope useful. In the process, the new assessments may also push schools to become more creative. The idea is, can assessment be more embedded, um, I'm going to go into... Right here. In November, NWEA, which publishes the widely used map growth tests, unveiled a 3D digital assessment on the popular Roblox gaming platform that tests how well middle schoolers have learned Newton's second law of motion. All right. The game, called Distance Dash requires two students to work together to launch vehicles of different sizes and payloads. The goal, get both to finish the line in perfect sync. Students pick a skateboard, a bike, a grocery cart, or an automobile, load it each with different items, then collaboratively, collaboratively fine-tune the forces placed on them. The whole time, the game covertly measures several objectives, including whether students understand the principles of acceleration and how to apply optimal force. Tyler Matta, NWEA's Vice President of Learning Sciences and Engineering, said the assessment grew out of the next generation of science standards, which requires which requires students to analyze, interpret data, and understand patterns. He said, helping design, uh, it was a stretch for NWEA test makers who hadn't previously worked with game designers. We got to see what goes into building educational games, which is all very novel for us. We learned a ton. And then it says um, they're trying to develop more educational games. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about Roblox in the educational uh, sphere, the space? Uh, Would you rather it be uh, a... uh, non-Roblox game, game specifically dealt, or made for the classroom, you know, is it okay for separate worlds in Roblox to be designed for this? Uh, How do you feel about, uh, would you want to be a part of that? I'm I'm guessing the listenership here is not made of people 13 and younger, and if it is, you're not supposed to be listening, Um, but would you want to grow up with games in the classroom like that? I know the easy answer is yes, like, but really do you think you would have gotten um, a good education a better education a worse education uh, is this something that you would let your kids or future kids engage with is it all a depends and how effective it is would you go through it much more or would you just sell, send your kids to school and just let them fend for themselves and let them be wild I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think there's always a lot of success that comes from the push-pull, right? Right, Kyle. Exactly. This is only about your opinion. That's what anybody cares about. You certainly do. Okay, so um, that's it for the podcast. Uh, hopefully, man, I, I know I keep talking about the interviews. Uh, we released a Josh Barnett one. If you've been listening to this, you, can, you know I've mentioned that a few times uh we got a bunch more scheduled uh we're just waiting for some things to happen over here so we can do a full court press on all of the marketing things and all of the redacted so thanks for sticking with us as us as always i am kyle stolick your head of community here at robot cash and thank you so much for listening i'll see you next week bye-bye